Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody. Welcome back to Screen Heroes, episode 87. I am Derek, one of your regular weekly hosts. I have my other two hosts here with me, Ryan Hello. and Ray. What's up, dudes? How you guys doing? Good. Good, good. Today we're going to be talking about the first half of season one of The Tick on Amazon. Uh, before we do that, though, any interesting news to cover? Two uh, two Marvel shows premiered this week. Yeah, two Marvel shows did premiere this week: um, The Gifted and Inhumans. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you anybody watch any of those? I watched Inhumans. Yeah, how was it? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not shaking my head because it was bad, right? Like there are certainly bad things about it, but I kind of found it a little endearing. Like it felt to me like I was watching really? a show in the '90s, like Xena, or like I'm trying to describe. Like, I don't know, the way the set pieces felt and the acting and the writing, it didn't feel as polished as shows today, but it kind of almost felt nostalgic for me. Uh, because, I don't know. Something about it just felt nostalgic to me, and it was really cool seeing the characters in real life, even though they weren't necessarily uh, done super well. Not all of them. Okay. Black, Bol- Black Bolt was... I actually was worried about him. <clears throat> okay. But the actor actually pulled it off. He looked super heroic. Uh, like his, he, he's got the grimace, the silent like thing going. <laughs> the silent, yeah. Because I mean, I okay. think he doesn't really say anything the whole show. Because that's his whole thing is he doesn't speak. Um, Medusa's hair looked weird. I mean, we yeah. all knew that going in. The wig right. is just bad. The CG is mediocre, and I don't know. The idea is really cool. Um, and some of the other characters, uh, you know, are not as good. Those two are probably the best two of the group uh, in terms of the acting and everything else. But I don't know. I liked the, the first two episodes. I'm going to keep watching it. How, how was Lockjaw? Lockjaw is by far. He's a, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. Lockjaw is always great. Like I, we knew that from the previews. He was going to be great. There wasn't enough of him. Uh, his how, CG how he, was, I was, gonna say, yeah. was probably the best CG in the show. It still wasn't great, but uh, I mean, it's pretty cool seeing a giant bulldog teleporting people around and he gets a lot of use in the first episode. Uh, which is pretty cool, but how how would you compare the CGI special effects to other like TV shows like Agents of Shield or the CW? I stuff? wouldn't compare it to Agents of Shield because Agents of Shield is really good, but they okay. don't need as much CG. They do it very well. Like Ghost Rider looked mm-hmm. amazing. Nothing in the show looks anywhere near as good as as uh, Ghost Rider did. But then you know, like the sets in this show are also a point of contention for a lot of people. Like apparently a moon base is going to be completely made of concrete. It's just a really, really weird choice uh, for Adelaide. I, I, I don't um, necessarily agree with it. I started to buy into it a little more as the show went on. It was just really weird. And all the furniture looked like stuff out of Ikea. <laughs> yeah, so I actually noticed that on the Orville. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. The Orville is, has a similar thing. When but. they're in the uh, their mess hall or whatever, their cafeteria, the, all the ta- they have, like, it's a spaceship, 
in the future, but they have these like fake wooden IKEA yeah. tables. Yeah, it's like that on their moon, the Inhumans moon base. But right. then there's also some scenes in like a NASA aeronautics lab, right? Is what the subtitle says, something along those lines. And it's actually in a giant warehouse, but it's like a bunch of desks in the middle of the warehouse, and everything around it is empty. It, it's like it's like, come on, Scott Buck, you did me wrong with it with uh, Iron Fist, and now you're going to do do me wrong with Inhumans. I don't, I'm still giving it a chance. Because I'm just really excited to see Lockjaw and Black Bolt and, you know, some of the other characters alike. Fair enough. I haven't seen either of the shows. The Gifted did pull in better ratings as far as viewers go um, on the premiere compared to Inhumans. It's a little weird to have both of these shows on together because they're they're not in the same universe, right? To be fair, there's a lot more negative press about Inhumans. Yes, that is absolutely true. uh, Gifted. I barely heard anything about Gifted. And Inhumans has been constantly talked about for you know ever since the imax premiere pretty much and maybe the week before that yeah no i think that's a really good point because we haven't really heard much about well and i know how you feel about rotten tomatoes affecting like some of the dc movies it's a and problem things like that yeah the yeah. bad press i think didn't help anyone it's i don't think worse than like some of the worst episodes of the cw shows mm-hmm. it's i think it's better than pretty much all of season four of arrow <laughs> Wow, okay. I, I, I didn't really like... Well, I guess the first half of season four wasn't terrible, but I mean, it's still, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just... It got a lot of flack that it was The Rotten Tomatoes thing is a big problem. I mean, so CBS was really nervous about Star Trek Discovery, and so they didn't have any press screenings or, or um, you know, press versions to... Or anything like that. There was no pre-release reviews of Discovery. None. And people took that as a sign that it was going to be terrible because they didn't want Rotten Tomatoes to bash them. But I think it's kind of like you know, chicken before the egg kind of thing. People wouldn't be worried about Rotten Tomatoes if Rotten Tomatoes didn't just completely destroy stuff before it was actually yeah. available. Uh, this may be a good example of that, you know, if people... Yeah, I mean, it's not great. I, like, I get the critics. No, the critics but... are saying it's terrible. Yeah, I mean, I get that. You could. I Do think... you think they're harder on it because it's Marvel? I think probably, yeah. I think they probably are. It's not great. Like, I, I want to make sure everybody understands I don't think it's great. I thought it was endearing in a lot of ways, and I'm going to continue to give it a chance as long as it's on TV, which probably is only going to be one season based on what I've heard, but yeah. um, it's well, pretty cool. Lockjaw is great, I mean, and he deserves all the merchandise sales that they get. Of course. You know, make all the plushies. I'll buy them. Agent Carter only got one season, and it was... Got two. Is he got two? Yeah. It was two? I'm sorry. But it was considered to be a pretty good show as far as yeah. quality is concerned, so... You know, if a good show only gets two seasons, what's a... But, the? I mean, they would have canceled Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. already if Disney hadn't made them keep it on. I read some news article about that. They were wanting to cancel it before season four, and Disney was like, nope. ABC has tried to cancel that every year, and Disney is like, no. It's Season four was... We own you. One of, <laughs> one of my favorite seasons of any television show ever, so I'm very glad they didn't cancel it. And I, w- I wish more more people would watch it so that they weren't so tempted to cancel it. It's it's a difficult business model television because it's all based on this weird number that doesn't really work in today's DVR and streaming age. Yeah. You know, about when a show is profitable based on ad revenue and not necessarily quality. And, you know, th- of course, this doesn't affect Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but Fox as a station is you know, pretty good at canceling shows really early on and just replacing it with another show and another show. And yeah, you know, cycling around until they get one that works. Yeah. I mean, family guy made that whole joke about it when they were brought back on the air. Yeah. You know, the beginning of the show is, you know, Peter listing off like 20, 30, some shows that were canceled between that gap of family guy. And you know, the tick actually was one of those shows on the list. The one by uh, Patrick Warburton. Yeah. 
Um, I'll segue us, you know, back around later. So, was there any other news? I know they released a bunch of character posters of the of the Justice League characters. Um, more just like side profiles that are all very there colorful. Some, there were some pictures from like Entertainment Weekly or something in a magazine. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Uh, but there were new posters. There were single character posters that were very colorful. I'm, I'm getting not close now. Really sure what the colors like what they were going for from a pattern perspective. You mean like with the like uh, lay overlay or are you talking about no, 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 the like side profile? The side profile. Oh, okay. like, yeah, Batman's it was a little weird. It's very blue, which I don't know if that had any, like is that supposed to be like a throwback to when he had a blue cowl or is that just a coincidence? I, I don't I know. I think it was just a, it was no, a weird choice. they're trying to be thematically different from BVS. Uh, Probably. We have colors. Yeah. At the idea. It okay. works that was a huge for so. Thor, Ragnarok, and the Defenders. So why not? That's fair. That's fair. So uh, two small <laughs> things. So Sonic the Hedgehog's getting a movie, and it's going to be directed by the same guy who did Deadpool, and it's going Tim to Miller. It's going to be a CGI live action hybrid. Oh no! So I really want to see an actual hedgehog. I think we're going to. <laughs> or is it going to be a guy in a hedgehog outfit? Look, I'm not, I'm not saying you can't make a good video game movie, right? I, I actually am one of those people who think Warcraft saying... was awesome. But there are certain properties that I just don't think can be adapted well. There's probably better properties to make a movie of than Sonic. Well, say. Sega need, like Sega's really banking on Sonic. They've got like three new Sonic games this year, right? Sonic has had two TV shows. Both have been quiet, under the radar. I, I don't know one person who's like, man, you know what I think of when I think of good times? That's Sonic show. <laughs> like, it doesn't resonate with anybody <clears throat> if we were to talk. Because one was on, we were children. One was on, like, just a few years ago. Right. But, you know, we don't look but, back and say, oh, man, that... But we can say no. the same thing about the Mario show. The, I'm and sorry. The, I actually like the, the Mario Super Mario show. Brothers 3 show. Which was also a live uh, action cartoon hybrid. Yeah. They had like live action intros with like... Oh, I forgot <laughs> about did. that. Yeah. But the Sonic, the Sonic show isn't mainly the Mario show. We're animated. And I feel like those properties lend themselves to animation better. Because Sonic doesn't actually look like a hedgehog. No. You know? And that's okay because he's a video game character and it's animated. That's the fine. characters are really cool. If they can come up with a decent story behind them, because we all know there's not any story in the game, but you want to make Shadow and Knuckles and Tails all work together, go for it. Do your best. Let's... But if Mortal Kombat can't do it <laughs> with, like, legitimate humans, What's I don't... the big bad guy with the mustache in Sonic? Robotnik. Yeah. Yeah. Like, can you imagine what that would look like as a real person for a no. second? No. <laughs> also, if they're going to make a Sonic movie, why haven't they given me my Bioshock movie yet? Yeah, right. <laughs> Come on, guys. Different Come company, on. man. It writes itself. It's right? a different company. Yeah. Get Guillermo del Toro on there and Sega, sold. Sega's, uh, you know, kind of looking for ways to become relevant again. They really have fallen to the wayside that, you but know, if this fails, cast and, you know, if this, fails, if this fails, they'll be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree, and I, I think the same. They should be... just sell to Nintendo at that point because Nintendo has a partial ownership. They do in, in Sega. They do um, since the Dreamcast just get bomb. The but, whole. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, they're they're trying to regain the nostalgia factor, just like Atari is doing. And I'm not going to go into that here. You can catch that on Gamer Heroes or Video Game Show. But nostalgia is the big thing in 2017 because the world is terrible, and we need to think about good times. I know. So. <laughs> the, the thing is, every 
everybody is throwing darts at the wall, trying to create their own movie universe or their own connected TV shows. And we're not just talking about one. We're talking about one with seven seasons and four spinoffs. And, you know, you're not all going to be as great as Game of Thrones. Do you think those <laughs> four spinoff series are all going to last eight years? I don't. If they came out with a good Watchmen show, that could be that could be HBO's next uh, next Game of Thrones. I would. Think. It really could. I don't know if it last. could go on as many seasons. They could probably. Make, I mean, well, not with the original story, but of course not. No, but I would. I would keep watching it as long as they made it. As long as they can do good act, get good actors for it, and write a good story. I agree. So I have another piece of ridiculous movie news. Oh, okay. I've got three words. Well, three things, and they all go together. They're. Okay. Hugh Hefner biopic. Okay. Plus Jared Leto. Uh-huh. Plus Brett Ratner. What does that equal to you guys? Because I think it equals... He's been dead for like three days. Okay. <laughs> Pretty sure that they probably were already working right. on this before he died. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but... I don't know. It just seems weird. Brett Ratner is a shit director can we stop giving him stuff like let him go back to basics and start doing 7-eleven commercials like stop giving him money to direct movies and jared leto needs a break he needs to go sleep on an island for about a month and just reconnect with himself so he's not crazy anymore i i don't know the new blade runner movie which is coming out uh this weekend has received nobody has said it's good because of jared leto no but no one's also said anything negative about the movie or him and he is the lead kind of antagonistic character of the film so um i just uh, i'm just saying like yeah maybe he didn't make the best joker in the world but he is a good actor in general yeah yeah he deserves his oscar for dallas buyers so so he's supposed to be hugh hefner yeah obviously this is going to be him while he's young and i mean you say that in the 60s and then they'll put on old age makeup when it gets to the reality tv show and Seven girlfriends that all share a bathtub of bleach and kind of thing. A bathtub of what? Bleach to dye their hair. Oh, oh, oh. They all did it at once. I don't know if that's true or not. I would imagine that's probably not true. I think if you just bathed in the bath of bleach, that would be bad for you. Yeah, I don't think that would end well. It sounds sounds unhealthy. It's, you just put, put it on your butthole like a normal in there person. And you dip your hair in to dye it blonde. You don't. Oh, I thought you were talking about bleaching your buttholes. No. Isn't that a thing that they do? I don't know. In porn. Oh, okay. Good point. <laughs> I thought you said, I thought you meant like all of them in a t- bathtub bathing in bleach. I don't want those women to die. Okay, well that's why. Yeah, they're that's just where continuously where, blonde. That's um, all. Uh, yeah, anyway. Um, so. I, I just. Yeah. There are so many better people to do biopics of. Like, don't get me wrong. He hired. People of color to be writers, to be centerfolds, to before no anybody else was. So he had that, but he was a controlling misogynist who, you know, just he wasn't this saint of a person. So I like well, sure, you he don't drugged want to do a, women. You don't want to do a biopic like on Cosby a, on a drugged saint. women. That'd be boring. No one wants to watch just a goody two shoes for two hours. You have to have drama. And, I don't know. I was just you know. talking about how he's the man, and I'm like, no. No, I would look. I, I you know, I'm not try, I don't want to talk bad about the guy who just died, right? But I was surprised to see how many people were, you know, celebrating his life. People who I wouldn't normally think would be interested in his main 
source of income for his entire life. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, you know, whatever works. But let's move on to happier things. The Tick. The Tick. You have to say it like that, Ryan. No? He I'm doesn't. Good. You're good. Yeah, you, right. you got it. I you got it. it for all of us. It's not too bad, right? Um, so uh, for those who don't know or who may have missed it, uh, there is a new live action version of The Tick on Amazon Video Streaming Prime Services. Mm-hmm. It, we had our first uh, half of the season, six episodes, uh, came out uh, in August or a little more than half. July. It's ten episodes total. Oh, was it ten? Yeah. Ten total. Okay. Uh, so six. Not of that the, that makes much of a difference yeah. in the long run, but yeah. Six of the ten. Whatever. Uh, those are out now, available to stream. It's a half hour a piece, so it's pretty quick. To, to get through, it's a little under three hours. Only if you have Amazon Prime Video, though. Otherwise, yes. you can't watch it. Yeah. You can't buy it? Um, well, you could probably buy it individually, I imagine. Okay. But yeah, it's not like included in Netflix or Hulu. Right, right. yeah. Only through Amazon. Yeah. Um, and so this is... We're not talking about the Patrick Warburton version. We're not talking about the animated well, cartoon. We may talk a little bit about those, uh, but yeah. yeah. But that's not the main focus. Right. Uh, so before we go into spoilers, for people who may have not seen this yet, how did you guys feel about the show from a spoiler-free perspective? Ryan, I mean, I liked it. <laughs> I, it's just I loved the cartoon a lot, and this wasn't the cartoon, and it, so that bothered me a little bit. But I mean, it was as far as like just in the realm of superhero shows that are out right now, um, it was it was definitely in the better half of the of the current running shows for sure. Right, I enjoyed it. Um, the Tick will always be like the fourth fifth cousin to the superheroes you know so it the property has been adapted so many times at this point that it's nice to have the creator writing each episode and well he created the show which is really cool uh that he's so involved with that, that i mean he's been involved pretty much with the other two adaptations as well but it's he was given a platform where he could do anything as opposed to the other two where he was restricted by censors. And so you could tell that the creator really loved it. Every episode was, you know, this product of love and passion. So I totally got that. Well, I absolutely love this show. I know you do. I think it's absolutely fantastic in every way. Uh, there's a couple of... Uh, there is uh, no irony in that. He no, I really mean it. I truly it. do mean it. All the puns and the commentary. There's a couple minor technical issues, uh, but again, it's it's a TV show on a budget, of course, and uh, the things that they really needed to play up and have look good did, and so I'm okay with some of the stuff where there there were some, some breaks in that. But no, I, I loved pretty much everything about this show from beginning to end. I really did. It, it was just enjoyable minute to minute i loved it the characters the tone the style the costumes all of it the tropes were just really spot on and yeah i love the puns and i love the way the tick talks it's so great i wish more superheroes still talked like that (laughs) not you know like batman or anything right you know so i'm saying like he's good and people love him but he is never going to be as popular as a at this point even like iron man so he talks like Adam West Batman talks. He does. And I love that. With 
some curse words here and there. Well, sure. I mean, it, it is 2017 now, and they're on you know Amazon Prime, so they're allowed to to push those those limits a bit. You know, they weren't really able to do that in the 60s on TV. Yeah. yeah. So all right, so let's go into spoilers. If you have not watched the show, um, pause us, go watch it, go check it out. It'll take you less than three hours, and then come back. We will be here waiting for you. All right, here we go. So. I had never seen the other incarnations of the Tick. Really, you never that watched cartoon. I never. I, I've seen like images from it, so I know what he looks like. Uh, and same goes for the Patrick Warburton version. But I never watched any of them, mainly because I just didn't really know what it was. Somehow that just was off my radar for a really long time until you know more recently when I. Knew. Are you going to go back and watch? Now I will. Any? I'm very interested to go back. Now. Patrick so I, Warburton was pretty good. The the cartoon is really great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you'll love it if you love the punny stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. No, that's the good thing about this though is I think if if you are like me and you miss those other two incarnations, it really wants makes me want to go back and watch. I'm not sure if it's stuff. on any of the streaming services though. That's the only thing. I don't know. You have to buy the DVDs. I might, and I'm okay with that. I, I'm I'm still a fan of physical media, so that's fine. Um, but you know, the show starts off with Superion. It's worth saying that the oh. show pilot aired like a year ago, right? Um, on Amazon, and it was available for for any Amazon Prime person to watch. You could watch if you subscribe to that, you could watch it. So it's been out for a while. Um, I, I watched it back when it first, the pilot, when it first came out, I said a lot of people, um, you know, so I already had some opinion, some idea of where the season was going, but, um, yeah, anyway, continue. I just thought that no, was interesting. That is, that's, I had forgotten that to be honest with you because they I do realized that a lot. they, they let people sample their shows because they don't have a great track record that, um, John Goodman pilot Alpha Dogs or no Alpha House. That got a full season, didn't it? It did. Yeah. But that was the only one that they put out when they first started their own TV shows mm. that locked on and got nominated for Emmys that people cared about. Like they even had an adaptation of Zombieland, which wasn't a bad pilot. It just did that. That got made. Yeah, the pilot got made. Nothing else did. Oh, I, I didn't even realize it got made. It was a decent pilot. There are definitely worse out there, but I don't think it can hold up as a show. So. Mm. Pretty much every pilot leaks anyway anymore, so it seems like if you don't just officially release the pilot, you're asking to have it leaked and with unfinished CG and everything else. Right. You know. Well, in today's world of streaming services, it almost makes sense to just do that. Yeah. To release it officially under controlled circumstances. Yeah. Does it cost you anything extra? I mean, and you get to gauge public, you know, interest in it at that point too. Yeah, I think it's a really smart move, and I wonder if Netflix will start doing that with their shows. That's why um, we notice a lot of differences between pilots in the second episodes, like the Orville and well, the Solarian's makeup changed. Yeah, her her makeup does change, um, but in the Tick, his suit totally changes. And there's a which they yeah, reference that, and I thought they handled it great, perfect perfect <laughs> way for the Tick to do it. And I was actually happy about that because I didn't really like the suit in the. In oh, the first I really episode. did. The texture was just not working for me. I, I mean, it was cool. The Tick has always had a very smooth suit mm. mm-hmm. in the cartoons. So you like and, the, the paperwork? Yeah, I think the paneling with like no texture works a lot better. Also, it makes him stand out a lot more, and that's it was kind of a theme of the whole show. Mm. The Tick's color and like the way he looks completely doesn't match anything else in right. the entire world. Yeah, <laughs> so I. I don't dislike the the, uh, the newer costume. I, I think they both look really good. I just I really like the first one, and then when they when we're watching the second one, in my mind I'm like, I, I guess I saw something that, that wasn't there, and then they have the throwaway line. I'm like, oh, it was different. Yeah. <laughs> it was different. 
Um, and you're sitting there the entire second episode, and you're like, did you notice? Did you notice? And I was like, no. <laughs> didn't care. Um, I knew that that happened. Otherwise, like, because I didn't rewatch the first episode. Oh, okay. So I, I would have... I, I mean, I don't probably wouldn't have even noticed because it'd been a year, um, right? And I had already forgotten what you know what I didn't like about the show from the first episode. So, so a year later, I probably wouldn't have even noticed unless I known ahead of time. Sure, but I mean, pilots are like that, so I, that that's not a big deal. Um, how do you guys like that the show really opens on a totally different character who is really the hero for the world, you know, Superior? It's fine. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't really. It didn't. It wasn't. You guys great. are killing me here. No. Well, it wasn't really. It wasn't like the best way to do it. I don't think. But I mean, it was. It worked. It was fine. I'm still waiting for them to explain Superior more because he, like, to me, he's a forgotten storyline. I get wrapped up in Arthur's story or the Tick story or even Overkill, and I forget that Superior exists. And all of a sudden, in the next scene, he's in it, and I'm like, oh yeah. I think that's what? on purpose, though. So I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just waiting for that episode where they clarify a bit or add a little bit more why he matters, or if they're just gonna kill him off and all of a sudden people have to rely on the tick. So, but I will say this: I absolutely adore the story from Arthur's point of view. He's the main character, yes. and the tick is like character-wise his sidekick. Now, obviously not in the story itself, but. I like the story from the sidekick's perspective. It makes it very interesting. Ryan, do you have any thoughts about that? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you if you listen to the podcast, then you know that one of my favorite movies of all time is Big Trouble in Little China. And that whole movie was from a sidekick's perspective. Uh, I think that in this case, I just don't connect with the actor. And that's a big problem for me. I don't feel any chemistry between him and the tick. I think he looks stupid. And I think I hate his costume. I absolutely hate it. And that pulls me out of it. I struggle with Arthur a lot. And I really liked Arthur in the cartoon. So it, it was tough for me. And I really like, I don't know. I I really don't like the eyes. They, the, they the never like, they never, they never go right. over his face. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's what always sitting too low it? and like his eyes barely get in there or something. There's always something off about it. Considering it's a suit that's supposed to kind of morph to whoever's wearing it, I feel like that that's a little weird. Yeah. Um, that they just, they it looks like it was almost on purpose that they just, they're never going to line up to make him look kind of dorkier than he needs to. Right. Um, and I was definitely distracted by the fact that Griffin Newman, who plays Arthur, looks a lot like Johnny, uh, uh, I never know how to pronounce his last name, the guy from Galecki. Big Galecki, thank you, from Big Bang Theory and Roseanne, who plays Leonard in Big oh, Bang okay. Theory. I just feel like they look really similar, and they're playing very similar characters, and so I just found that really distracting at times, that it was based, since I hadn't seen other versions of The Tick, you know, in my mind, it, just, it almost seemed like he was ripping off the Leonard character, from Big Bang Theory. I know that's probably not the case, but it was still weird. It just seemed out of place from the rest of the show. Um, yeah, I mean, that's... But I like the rest of the suit. I like the wings. I like the, the helmet technology. The helmet is the worst um, part for me. The yes. wings look cool, but the helmet just looks like a like somebody just took a gym floor foam and, <laughs> that's textured and made a helmet out of it and, and with no nothing else done and just looks really weird to me. The tick's cowl 
looks so good. Oh man, I love the design on the back and like just the way it fits him very perfectly. It looks. I so love good. that he's got the cleft chin. Yeah, in the and cowl. the cowl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they did so good with that. And then Arthur's is so bad. And maybe that's a design decision. I don't know if it is. I don't really like that design decision. They shouldn't have done that. I, I feel but. like it was on purpose to just kind of make him look even dorkier, right? Because that's the, his, his whole concept is Arthur's the power dork who isn't, who couldn't possibly He's already wearing a hero. moth suit. Like, right? that's the thing. He's already wearing a moth suit. Yeah, but the cool hero is also the tick, so... The tick, but he has an awesome-looking suit, he does, right? great. So... There's not a way to... And the Tick, really, there's nothing about him that resembles a Tick. No. Arthur looks like a moth. He's got feathers coming out of the top of his helmet. Yeah, sure. He's got, you know, moth-style wings. Yeah. I mean, it's, that that's, I guess, where my problem is, is. Is He's already a stupid... You know, a moth suit is already stupid. <laughs> so just at least do the best you can with that and let the ridiculousness of a guy wearing a moth suit be the humor rather than the suit itself. Yeah, no, I, I do not disagree with you. I just, I feel like the angle they're taking is just to make him look as dorky as possible. Yeah, well, you know? they well do done. succeed. Yeah, they do succeed. Um, but if we're going to talk about costumes and stuff, which I think is a good thread to continue on, for the tick, the antenna are so freaking cool. Yeah. They move all the time. Yeah. It's almost like it's his way of showing emotion a lot of the time. And. I just, I, they look great. They look real. They look like they're really moving on their own, and I love that. I have one complaint about the antenna. Ooh. I really liked them, and it, it took like three people to run the antenna at any given time. Jesus. So it was, that's pretty cool because they did actual, actual like puppetry type thing control. It wasn't like a it random. It looked like I think they did, yeah. Yeah. Um, my complaint with the antenna is that, uh, so the, the tick is like a nigh indestructible tank, right? He just, yeah. there's nothing. But then in this one episode, the guy grabs his antenna. And he's like, no, no, not the sensitive. And then it's never, ever, to, like, he's what has this one weakness. They never touch it again for, like, the rest <laughs> of the series that they've released. Maybe they'll fix that later on in the season. But it's just really weird that they bring that up as a weakness and then never do anything about that later on. Well, so I'm okay that they haven't brought it back up again because he, ha- he hasn't fought another super level character. I guess. I just feel like they placed the thread and it's not... I imagine it'll come back during the climax. If it does, then I will retract that statement. But as of what we know right now... No, it hasn't come back yet. But I I do think... I mean, it's supposed to be a parody, right? So the idea is like that's a play on like the really lame weaknesses that certain heroes have right? right like you know for superman it's the rock from the planet that he's actually from and i mean i get <laughs> i get that there i, I get no, that i, know. I, I just know. think it's dumb that they, like with superman every villain uses kryptonite right that's just the thing right so with the tick nobody decides to grab his antenna for well, drax it's his nipples and yeah, doc right. rev just said that in chat yeah yes um but the thing is, I, Doc I Rev and I are nipple buddies now. <laughs> Great. Um, the one time in this in the show where the Tick fights an actual super level character, it does happen. The rest of the time, he's just beating up a bunch of you know goons that are shooting at him. You know what okay, I mean? can we talk about that? That opening scene with, uh, uh, well, I guess it's not an opening scene, but the first scene of him like fighting people on the dock. Oh, so at the fun! Warehouse that oh, was so good. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was a fun It's been like a year since I've scene. seen that. But oh, I remember yeah. it being really cool. Like, that was one of the parts of it that I was like, okay, this might actually work yeah. when I saw that. Um, that. At that moment, I still wasn't sure the tick was real. Like, you thought I, it was going to be like a Wilfred? Uh, kind yeah. of. Yeah, except, you know, in Wilfred, there's actually a dog. 
Right, right. But I really thought that this was something in Arthur's head, again, having no experience with the tick. You know, that Arthur, and they easily could have gone that way. They definitely I mean, they went the pretty red heavy hair. with that. Yeah, for know, the first the like episode or whatever. Yeah, or I really thought that's the direction they were going. Is that it's going to turn out that he's not real, or 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 that something really weird happens and he wasn't real, and somehow Arthur's imagination makes him real, which I didn't want them to do. So I'm glad that yeah, he's thank just. Goodness, they didn't do any of that. But they do lay some seeds about how, like, you know, he have, Arthur keeps having that dream with the nightlight that talks using using the tick's voice. So, like, I don't know if somehow that is circular. He also has uh, issue, mental issues. Yes. Yeah, Arthur yes. is so, very mentally I mean, ill. I feel like that's more likely than there being a connection between the two of them from the past. I mean, maybe. I, okay. I will say that the one thread that they didn't explore a lot, which what I was more intrigued about than what was the actual main plotline, was them hinting at the Tick's history and we're going to find yes. this out for you, buddy. That is something that they haven't done in any of the shows, really. Nope. And and uh, He's just kind of there all yeah, the time. Yeah, he's and... just like this ridiculous thing that everybody just lives with. You know? <laughs> he's he's there. We don't know where he came from, but that's him. And... I feel like the Tick is who Derek wants to be. Yeah, I feel like, like that's not If I could be a superhero, like that would just be so much fun to just be the be that kind of character. Like, I don't have to be dark and brooding, you know? Yeah. Like, it, it, he's bright. He's funny. He's personable. Like the birthday party for yeah. the stepdad. So good. Is I did love just that. Yeah, so much fun. He gets so excited about cheese. <laughs> well, even like when when the, the the stepdad's getting his gifts and the ticks all sitting there. Like, oh, what is it? You know, yeah. like, oh, really he's fun. just like playing it up. Like everybody around him is a child, and he just wants to like be the cool guy in the room that like impresses all the kids. My favorite is when she hands him the phone. And he's just like, thank, thank you. you, thank you, and he's just holding it there. Yeah, like no, you idiot. Yeah, but then then that whole scene was kind of ruined for me with the flying Arthur yeah. thing. Okay, this is kind of getting ridiculous now. It's just, okay, he can fly. It's good. We don't need to string this out over six episodes, him learning to fly. I agree with that. I do think it was important that they establish the Tick as the character that truly supports and believes in Arthur. Because nobody else does. Nobody else believes in Arthur. No, they think he's a big old crazy paints. His sister, his mom, stepdad, none of the doctors, none of them really believe in him. But the Tick does. And I think that's really important. It is. You know, and so they needed that scene where, like, Arthur could die, possibly, right? Or get really hurt or something like that. And the Tick needs to basically get Arthur to become who he can be. I really like that. It- Luckily, Smallville still holds the record for the longest training uh, to fly with... <laughs> Ten seasons, uh, I believe it was. I just recently yeah. finished the last season of Smallville. Really? Uh, I've never gotten I got it. through everything. Oh, and it's man. literally like the second to the last episode. That uh. The finale part one. Right. Is when it, yeah. When, yeah. No, I knew that. Tom uh, Welling, you're 35. Fly already. I loved Tom Welling. He was yeah, totally so good. Great. He's great. Anyway, we're getting off he's track. He's joining but, yeah. the cast of Lucifer, and I'm very excited. I can't get past... I've tried multiple times, because I had the DVDs. I can't get past season three. Well, I had to watch it because you kept making references to him floating above his bed. He literally does that once. No. Yes, it is just one time. No way. In the entire ten seasons, it's once. I was like, this is going to be every other episode. <laughs> no, it's one time. It feels like a lot, though. I guess. I didn't to me you just focused on that Do really you weirdly. realize that this man watched 10 years <laughs> ten, of tv ten, 10 years of tv in like four just months, okay? to find out how yes. many times 
That was a, a huge driving force. Do you see what force. you've done? Once I got six, six uh, seasons in, I was like, okay, Derek's wrong, but I can't give up right now. Like, I got to well, yeah, keep going. Yeah, by season six, they have their own little justice league, Yeah, in right? green, green so, arrows in it and everybody yeah. else in it. Yeah. They have Target hoodies on. They do. Like, it's adorable. Um, Those are hot topic hoodies. Anyway, I was going to Sorry. say that one of the best parts of the Tick comics and the other Tick shows is the friendship between him and Arthur. So that has to happen. Mm -hmm. Tick being so supportive of Arthur. And Arthur is going to reciprocate very soon. We saw it kind of at the end. And it's it's going to happen. The two of them have such a fun friendship that it, it needs to. If they don't bring anything else over from the other two shows and from the comics, whatever. I'm going to be a little disappointed by not seeing Batmanuel. Or Cheerface Chippendale. Yeah. Those sound lovely. Deflator Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Deflator Mouse, yeah. Chairface Chippendale is literally a villain that uh, has a chair on <laughs> yeah. his neck, and his head is a chair, and that's pretty much it. And then there's a screw head, screw face, yeah. something like that. It's literally just like a thumb screw. His head is like a, a, a bolt thing, and then it's a thumb screw. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty great. great. That they had, awesome. they did make action figures of them in the yeah. Oh, man, the I gotta find some of these. Right? Um, I, I will say, since we're talking about people who support Arthur or not that Dot is my least favorite character. She, In the whole show? Yeah. She is very difficult to deal with to listen to her talk by the last episode. I was like oh, kill her off please. Like I'm hoping she becomes more important and better and I have a feeling they're going to make her into uh, Captain Liberty. Mm. I know. I, I, I Lady just, Liberty, isn't it? Mm. Is it Captain Liberty? I don't remember. I just double checked. Well, she does. I mean, it does basically end with her saying that she's going to be joining them. Yep. Which, I mean, don't get me wrong. I appreciate that she comes around and believes Arthur, but her, like, joining the fight seemed like a bit of a stretch. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, she is already, like, helping stitch people up. But But those are the bad guys. Right. That's true. But I mean, and I don't want to see her relegated to being just a woman in the group that like just heals, you know, right. fixes yeah. guy. Like that's not. Come on, that's a little ridiculous. I'll say that I didn't hate her as much as you did. I one of the big themes for me in the show is um, the way people treat Arthur because of his um, mental state. Um, I'm not affected by any kind of mental issues that I know of. I'm diagnosed. <laughs> Um, oh, <laughs> oh, chum. Anyway, uh, so the way that people treated him, I thought like the way they portrayed the mental problems and the way people treated him, specifically his sister, because I yeah. thought the way that she treated him was good. Like she was always supportive and always like, you know, we need to remember your things from the from therapy, and we, you know, these are the important things. The other people, obviously, at the party and stuff like that, were not helpful, but. I thought the way that she treated him was really nice, and that was kind of heartwarming that she cared about her brother that much. Um, that, I, I agree with that. I do too. Sorry. I... No, I was just going to say, as somebody who's had depression and anxiety, and I'm definitely not on anything as crazy as he is, but uh, not crazy intense. But it's nice to have that person who doesn't just want to coddle you. They want you to succeed. You know, they want you to hold down a job on your own. They want you to be able to take your meds when you need them and see a doctor when you need to. And remember this on your own kind of thing. They want you to be independent. So it was nice to see that. I I think my issue with her was more 
um, the constant, I guess later on when she figures out that he's hanging out with the tick and then he has the suit and everything. And especially at that big gunfire scene with the Ramses and overkill. Yeah. And she's just like, Arthur, come, come, you're coming with me now. And I'm just like, "Mm, hit her, hit her. I do believe that she wants what's best for her brother. Right. I just, I felt like it was a little extreme considering that he was an adult who had his own apartment, who had his own full-time job. Like, he seemed pretty well together compared to, like, a lot of the population. You know? I mean, yeah. b- before the tick shows up, he's kind of got it together. He may be investigating things. He's pretty fresh out of some sort of rehabilitation, though. I mean, they make it a point to... I mean, maybe. To... Right? But I don't know. We don't really know how extreme that was, either. It right. just... It seems like that, yeah, he may be obsessive about trying to figure out the super villain that killed his father, right? Which is kind of hard for any of us to really relate to. Obviously. Uh, or know. anybody that exists on the planet. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but in that universe, it seems like a fairly normal thing for someone to struggle with, since that's the norm, is to have super villains and superheroes. But this kid, this guy, still has his apartment. He still has a job, a good job, right? He's an accountant that takes like a college degree and things like that. So he seems together enough to be treated better than the way he was being treated by his family. That's just my opinion. But, you know, if I had my own place and my own job and I went to my parents' house for a birthday party and they had, like, all my old psychiatrists there, I think I'd walk out. That's probably true. Yeah, like, I don't necessarily (laughs) love the way they address in the party scene, which I mentioned. But I'm just saying that, like... Any of us, the mental health history, a poor mental health history or not, want somebody to be able, there to be, check in on us and of make course. sure we're okay. And I thought that she served that role. And I, I don't know why it stood out to me in this show, but it did. And I thought that that was, that was the strongest part of her character. That's fair. It's important that we see nowadays um, representation. We've talked about that a lot. But that's also in how people deal with everyday issues like nowadays more mental illness get diagnosed and Mm -hmm. they're able to do it younger and treat it younger and everything. But beforehand, these things were just dealt with as jokes. I mean, we go back as far as even like friends and people who are sad just get a thing of Rocky Road and that's it. Like there is like, there's an episode where a gentleman tells Phoebe he's going to kill himself and she freaks out, but that's it. There is no like, well, are you going to get help? And Things like that, so well, that, you know, uh, just that, that's not a great example. I'm just saying that even years ago, suicide was used as a joke. No, because she goes and finds where he works and goes and like. But helps it was him. used as a joke. That's my um, point. In here, kind of like the Big Bang Theory does with being a nerd and a uh, dork. In I, I can't agree with that. I think that they did it in a humorous way to make it more lighthearted. But I think the Jason Alexander episode that you're referring to is done in a way that is serious and Phoebe does like walk out of her job to find him at this place, this total stranger and talk him out of it. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm just, I like that. I like that episode, so I I like that episode name, but... a lot. I think it's a really great moment for Phoebe. And I think it's a really good performance from Jason Alexander. And, um, like they put in humorous bits of it. The writers just thought it was going to be funny. That's why they did it. I disagree, so. But you also love things like Friends and Big Bang Theory. I tend to find them condescending and pedantic. Okay, well, then I will watch them alone. (laughs) Please do. (laughs) Jeez. Anyway, 
Uh, so let's move on to another character. We haven't talked about any of the bad guys. Or Danger Boat. Or Danger Boats. No. Because that's a thing. We haven't. Um, well, then do you want to talk about Overkill and no. Alan Tudyk? No, I think we should talk about the Terror and Ms. Lint. Okay. Because they're more important. The Jack Earl Haley is legitimately frightening. His makeup is really creepy looking. And with just a couple different lines, he could have been a horror film character, which, you know, they... They, Which he has been, yeah, so that isn't too far off. They right? made him say some humorous stuff, so you giggle, but it's, no, like, that makeup was on point. He is terrifying, and as a little kid, when Arthur sees him kill his dad and kill it's the other... It's a crazy other, scene. Yeah, he killed the other guys by blinding them first with syphilis, which is totally possible, by the way. No, that, that scene's just really intense. It's very, very creepy. He did a great job at being creepy. I agree. Thanks, Lynn. <laughs> that was our dog. We're, we're giving her an opportunity to try and behave during the show rather than being locked in the bedroom by herself. So, Which is the worst thing ever, apparently. She yelps a lot, and it personally bothers me. So, anyway, um, yeah, no, I think that uh, the Terror is a really interesting villain. Yes. And I really like the later dynamic that you see once he reveals himself that he's still alive to Lint. Because uh, most of the show is just, it's Lint. She's trying to... And Ramsey. And, and Ramsey's, but it's mainly her. Um, she believes Arthur's research, right? Her whole concept and char- character was really interesting to me because you take a power, an ability that you see a lot in uh, in superhero type stuff, right? Someone who can control electricity, yeah, but you never really think about like what the side effects might be. And, and apparently, she has a ton of side effects. <laughs> well, that was really just the one. Ms. Lent was pretty cool. Um, I'm eager to see more about her. They didn't really dive into too much. About her backstory, you could tell that she kind of was in love with the terror. Which is weird. It was. And she married Mindy Kaling's husband on the Mindy Project, and he died. Poor guy. It happens, right? It's yeah. superhero world. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I didn't get to talk about Jackie O'Haley much, but I, I mean, he's pretty no, much good go in everything. It. So, you know, I mean, from Watchmen and to Nightmare on Elm Street to... Um, I mean, he was a child actor, preacher, too. He did great. Uh, pretty much everything modern that I've seen him in. I, I don't know his childhood. childhood How'd you feel about him in The Dark Tower? Um, <laughs> I mean, his character wasn't bad, underused, oh. but um, yeah, he's he's touched almost every nerdy franchise. So far. That, yeah, I mean, he's touched a lot of them that I really enjoy. And I kind of want him to think, be the new Joker in the DCEU. Um, I think that'd be great. I think he'd be perfect on Star Trek. Like, a recurring role. He doesn't have to be um, a main cast member or something like that, but he could definitely hold the prosthetics and be something creepy. Yeah, obviously he does well with prosthetics. Um, everything else has pretty much been said about him, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed him. Um, but as far as Miss Lint, she was fine. I mean, she was the actress was good. The character just isn't that interesting to me. Uh, yeah, so I'm I, waiting for her to be interesting. Yeah, I'm right. hoping that it gets better because she's a fine actress. Like yeah. she's pulling the part well. I just don't think there's much for her to do uh, other than this, you know find the suit and be the uh, you know assistant to the terror or whatever. Yeah. Well, now I mean I, I guess maybe she'll have more to do because she'll have direction from the terror. I mean she's kind of mad at him, you know, but at yeah. the same time I feel like she's still going to be the 
the number two. Like you were saying, it, you know, it, there is only that one side effect, but I guess it just, it affects like her entire life. She's constantly yeah. covered in the lint. Which you is know, hilarious. She can only have her hair back in like many braids, otherwise it's going out to here. And uh, like I said, she get she can't open a car door. So it's, I like the characters in The Tick. I think that's my favorite part is this kind of world where everybody is obscure and nobody has a power that is completely unbeatable. And, Except the tick, basically. Yeah. I mean, unless you pull on his antenna, I guess. But really, right. he's, yeah. he says himself he's nigh invulnerable. We haven't really found anything that'll stop him. Well, I don't know. I mean, he did lose his memory somehow. Or there was no memory before that. I mean, it's there's, there's possibilities. Yeah. Um, obviously, we don't know any of his backstory. So, yeah. you know, there's, we could speculate about that. But uh, How did you guys feel about Ramsey's? He was useless. Um, <laughs> wow. No, he definitely <laughs> served a purpose. But how? Like, I have met guys like Ramses where they get some ounce of power and it goes to their head pretty fast. Like he had a King Tut refrigerator filled with so only vitamin water. Okay, I want that with other stuff in it, but I still want that fridge. Like, it's just. The best example of douchiness I can come up with, like anytime other than having his initial on his eye, right, like, you right. Know, that was... Anytime somebody has like a designated fridge for one item, I I feel like they're they're at their height of douche. <laughs> like, but I mean, again, like he's, he's a parody of like those criminal organizations and superhero stuff, right? Like the Triad and all the Defenders stuff, you know, or um, the hand. Yeah, the, the hand, the, hand, the triad, the triads in real life. Maybe. The triads are real life. Yeah. <laughs> um, my mistake, but uh, wasn't that the? Was it not? Did they not reference them in Daredevil when he was fighting the the Chinese? Yeah, I mean, they, may, they may call him the triad like as an uh, throwaway thing. Yeah, I thought the they hand. did, but I, I know they that's mentioned the, the yakuza. Yeah, okay, maybe in, it was the, the yakuza. in the second season, I think. Anyway, my point, you know, the point I'm trying to make is yes. like there's these organizations, right, that have some name attached to them, some symbol, right, and Absolutely. and all of that. That's what this is, and it's they ramp up the silliness by making it like a tattoo on your eye and making and, it in the very, shape of an R. Well, it's yeah, and just making it very stereotypical making it very um and it's apparently casino because, egyptian yeah. not really egyptian yeah. you know well it reminded me a lot of mystery men with uh like uh yes frank casanova frankenstein yes. like that was i feel like mystery men did it better in a movie but uh i mean this is hard to compare six episodes of tv to a movie but the yeah. way the villain was done i think the problem with ramsey's for me was that he the dialogue was bad like he just cursed for no reason yeah. right and mm-hmm. that'll work Sometimes it did not work in his case. You know, throwing out a random f bomb doesn't make me think you're that much, you know, <laughs> worse of a person. Yeah, you know? Casanova Frankenstein in Mystery Men, he was a, such a ridiculous trope. He didn't have to rely on stuff yeah. like that. You know, everything about him was a part of the development of the character. Everything he said, his the way he dressed, um, his people around him. This was like. I just need to curse for the sake of cursing because I'm a bad guy, which didn't work for me. Mm. But the actor did fine, and I get the trope. I thought they did an all right job with the trope. I just didn't like that particular part of the character. I agree. I I was told at a young age when I was allowed to start cussing in front of adults kind of thing, because I, I was the kid who asked for permission to cuss. Uh, I, I was told that you use those words as pepper, you know, you 
you season it in lightly. You don't need it every other word. And it's not just like, hey, I'm getting ready for effing school this morning, Mom. Like, she knew that. Yeah, it's like the kid that just learned about curse words and goes over to his friend and just like says them. They immediately play Call of Duty and yell yeah. at people. Well, nowadays, yeah, I was thinking more like in my childhood, I would like go to the park with my friends and just be like, "Look, check out this word. We should just use it. Check, check out this word. Yeah, we should just use it, dude. Yeah, that's what it felt like for me. Like the character was fine. I thought the actor was fine. The R on his eye and having everybody having the tattoo and his relationship with Lynn was good. Like that all worked. It's just the dialogue kind of ruined that character for me. That's I fair. I honestly really liked the scene in the convenience store where the two goons like go in to get their money and the tick stops him and he like puts the um his hand up, and then he gets shot, and it ricochets and gets the guy in the shoulder. How could like, I forget that? <laughs> right? like, that was so good. Like, I actually liked Ramsey's goons more than I did him. Like, yeah, they it was were good. It, yeah, they but were again, good. that was humor because of the tick, though. I like, guess yeah. you know. It well, there, there was some humor from the goons. Like uh, when when uh, Arthur when they when they pull up in front of Arthur, and Arthur's like, "I'll just give you the suit back. Is there any way you can not kill me?" Like, yeah, that was pretty funny because they're like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know? a chance. Uh, and I appreciate that because it, it made them seem a little more human than just like the very generic gang member goons that you see in a lot of these types of TV shows where they're just completely bad and do whatever bad thing they're told to do. Oh, yeah. If this was Arrow, it'd be way different. Right? Yeah. And so I, I just appreciated that uh, quite a bit. Um, as we wrap up, I have a question for we you guys. We haven't really talked about Overkill at all. Oh, oh. okay. Let's talk about uh, Deathstroke, Deadshot, Deadpool, Overkill. I, mean, I think yeah. that's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> he's, he's actually the villain from this next season of Arrow. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he doesn't call that, too. Scott think about, think about Spicer is actually Manu Bennett. <laughs> the Arrow villains have those very, like, kind of over-the-top names a lot of the time. Oh, no. Overkill could totally be at a DC yeah. or Marvel. Well, they have a guy that's called Vigilante in Season 5 of Arrow. Right. And he basically, like, he doesn't stab a lot of people, but he guns <laughs> the heck out of them. Like, he shoots the heck out of people. And, I mean, yeah. yeah no, you're totally right. right. And that's the funny thing is if you took this one character, if you took this character Overkill and then Tick, He's a parody of those types of characters. But if you moved him into Arrow, they'd be very serious and he'd be yeah. exactly the same. Yeah. The only difference is his boat wouldn't talk to him. Not not in a funny way. No, though. not in any way. There, uh, there wouldn't be a talking boat for this, you know, obviously ex-Navy SEAL guy. I don't know. Maybe he'd be like, you know, another thing on the island. I mean, I think the boat was supposed to be like <laughs> Jarvis. This island? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously supposed to be the techie, you know, right. thing. But what I, was, it what was, was funny. The, the canned meat that he was eating? Faux ham. Faux yeah, ham. something like that. Do you even know what's in there? Mostly puff. Mostly. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I thought Overkill was fine. He was, the mask and costume was a little dumb. Like, the mask looked like a Halloween, I'm like, spirit Halloween type mask. Brad to cosplay him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I agree with you. I felt like the mask Especially after he takes it off the yeah. first time. Yeah. It looks really flimsy. It's just like a weird front of his face yeah. and top of his head. It's not like a full mask or, you know. It's... But, I mean, at the same time, that's kind of like Arthur's suit. Because, really, the wings are the only good-looking thing about it. And not 
when the CG's involved, but, you know, he puts that on and all of a sudden he's bulletproof. And I was like, no, sweetie, that Zentai Zentai is not holding up to a camera flash. It's not going to hold up to a bullet. Like, well, it's, it's so, for fighting aliens, remember clearly, that. Clearly, so. clearly, yeah. It's course. bulletproof. Of course. Um, but anyway. then, we, of course, we do have the boat who's voiced by Alan Tudyk. Yes. Who's basically channeling his character Sonny from iRobot. Or K2SO. It's very K2SO. Uh, maybe. Maybe a little bit. But it was great. That was fun. That was a nice little treat. I was not anticipating that. Yeah. The, yeah, it was fine. I, it kind of took me out of the oh, really? moment. Yeah, but it was... Once I realized what was happening, you know, it was just a sentient machine. Fair um, enough. Yeah, it was fine. It was just another trope in the whole thing. And yeah, it ended up working for me towards the end. But like at first, it was weird. I didn't know what... What was going on? I, I fell into it. It was fine. Fair enough. I thought it was cool. I Alan Tudyk's becoming so popular now for that, robot voices. Yeah, his voices. I I mean, and chicken voices. Disney is that. putting him in almost every film at this point. So he's he's he was more the voice of the chicken in Moana, right? Uh-huh. Okay. He was I hey hey. So. Yeah. Which is weird. They needed a person for that, but you know what are you gonna do? Um, all right, well, let's give a letter grade for the first six episodes here of The Tick, since we don't know when the rest of the show will necessarily be coming back. Uh, B. It's all yeah, B. I'd probably put it right at a B, too. B, B minus B. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. And I would not put Inhumans anywhere near that <laughs> if I was going to grade it outside of things I like. So don't give me all that hate mail that I know. No, that's, that's fair. Uh, I, I would give it an A minus. Uh, there are definitely, like I said, a couple of technical things. For example, sure. Ray, Ray pointed out uh, Superior has, like, he's got some stitches that had popped in the side oh, of the yeah, suit. Oh, yeah, he had a hole in his suit. Uh, and, you know, there was a couple of green his screen moments. For me either. There were some green screen moments that were not good, but then some other green screen moments that were, that were really good. So I felt like they really tried to just put the money where they could and they didn't have enough of it. Yeah, that's uh, probably true. But I really, I really loved it, so I'm giving it an A minus. So you're gonna do a tick cosplay next? Uh, oh, you totally I, should. I'm not, I'm not like, he, but he's supposed to be like tall and imposing. I'm not. You like, gonna do an Arthur stilts and a muscle no. suit. No. No. <laughs> anyway, I had a question. If you guys were in this world and you were superheroes, but you were a ridiculous superhero, what would it be your name? I mean, I feel like it'd be the t- I'd be the tick, right? Because that's the only one I can relate to. No, that I feel not, like I no, be you're a guy. brand new character. You're oh, your gosh. own thing. You don't get to be one that's already here. I don't know. I, I, what would you be? Why don't you give us? Yeah, your you tell us. I, I feel like you. You've been yeah. thinking about this and loaded it I up. I did. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would be the ocelot, which is pretty much Cheetah from DC Light. She's shorter. She can't jump as far. She can't, like, scratch as much. She's not deadly. She's a nuisance. <laughs> like, that kind of thing. Interesting. Because ocelot's a weird word. It's not sexy. is a weird, weird It's word. not sexy like other cats can be. Like, you know, they make underwear out of cheetah print, not ocelot print. So, you know. Fair enough. Just saying. Ryan, did you come up with something? I feel like I'd be like the blue arrowhead <laughs> who has like an arrow that he, or a bow that he makes out of uh, arrowhead <laughs> that is charged by a lantern, uh, but it's like a, like a energy bow and he shoots energy arrows with it. Like, I don't know. It'd be some ridiculous trope like that. I feel like, I don't know. I'd want to be something that was so ridiculous. That was a combination of ridiculous concepts. Like Green Lantern is ridiculous. Green Arrow is ridiculous. Combine those into something so, ridiculous. So, 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 you go with blue. 
Sure. I mean, I was, <laughs> you can go with any color. Maybe right. pink, purple, make it really extra cheesy. I don't know. I was thinking something along the lines of, like, the flying squirrel. There's nothing okay, funny about squirrel superheroes, Derek. I don't think they're a joke. What if I was also, like, a horror? Could you be a badger instead? <laughs> I feel like, isn't that already a thing? Uh, some... No, okay, so, fun story. The guy who created Wolverine, he almost called him the badger. Oh, right, that's fair. That would have been Hugh Jackman as the badger. <laughs> Director's cut. I'd watch that. <laughs> Days of Future Past, starring the Badger. You could be the beaver, the man who only builds a dam and gets laughed at that his name's a vagina. I don't know how that animal gets associated with a vagina. I'm going to write that down. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, on that note, let us know who your ridiculous superhero would be (laughs) at heroespodcasts.com or at heroespodcasts on Facebook. Or Twitter. You can also hit us up on Instagram, Tumblr, and Twitch. Also, review us on iTunes. We're on iTunes, Google Play, and Blog Talk Radio. So please uh, check us out, subscribe, Derek like. will give you $5 out of his own pocket if you give us a five-star review. He'll give you $1 for every star you give us on I, iTunes. I'm well, not saying that, but uh, it's something that I'm saying that. Derek will do that. Um, also, our, our first ever Patreon movie scene is out and available now to Patreon contributors. So if you want to go and check that out, you just have to become a contributor for as little as a dollar a month. You'll get early access to our videos we're doing an iconic movie scene every night uh, every month every night every month you're about to be busy Um, and uh, our first one is from a Quentin Tarantino film and uh, it's a pretty fun time we had a really good time shooting that and have received some some good feedback so far so people seem to like it so go go, uh, become a contributor and check that out and uh, guess next week we're talking Blade Runner 2049 as Ryan rolls his eyes no. I had no plans to see that this weekend, so I don't have any idea how I'm going to make that work. Okay, well, we might be talking yeah. about Blade Runner 2049. It's a potential topic. It is. Next week. You'll have to it's fu- like, uh, I'm going to call in soon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already feeling it, guys. You're going to have to tune in next week to find out what we end up talking about. Uh, so thanks for joining us. Don't forget you can tune in live every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash heroes podcast and chat with us. Have a good week, everybody. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.